the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Total Financial Hour is brought to you by Total Financial Solutions. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. Total Financial Hour. Now higher income strategy. But it's best. Learn from Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Palaby. Thanks for joining me. You're listening to the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. Boy, I hope you are uh, buckled in and you're sitting down because we've got a lot to cover today. Uh, if you were just listening to the Brock Lurie show, you heard him mention uh, the differences with uh, low birth rate versus higher birth rate. Folks, he has uh, an amazing point, and here's why this is important. <laughs> First of all, my name is Eric Hallaby, Total Financial Solutions CEO, here with you every Sunday talking about your family's finances. You might think, well, what does this have to do with finances, birth rate? Well, you've heard of a Ponzi scheme, right? The, the people taking money out the back end are the ones that are uh, hopefully, in a normal world, like Social Security, supposed to be getting some earnings. The dollars they put in on the front end are, is earning some interest. But in today's world, a Ponzi scheme is often what is referred to Social Security in the sense that the dollars that are coming out the back end, in order to take those dollars and find, a, find an, a, an origin for them, they count on new people to work. If young people don't work and put money into the front end, you see, we don't have an obligation to them for 25 or 35 or 45 years. But if you're retiring today, you probably started working for, I don't know, $800 a month. And today your Social Security is going to be $2,500 a month. So where are you supposed to get the rest of that money? Well, every year you put money in. So did your employer. That's true. But that already went to go spend uh, the, the money. It was spent on a lot of folks like your parents and grandparents. So today you are thinking that you are getting some of your own money back. Folks, your money's been gone for decades. It is gone. Under the Bill Clinton, Newt Gingrich deal, when they say they, we, quote, balanced our budget, we didn't balance our budget. They took money from Social Security. They replaced it with IOUs, paid off everything. So let me give you a good example. Let's say you have a million dollars equity in your house, but you have student loan debt, car payments, a lot of credit card debt for that wonderful vacation to Europe. Maybe you even had an enormous, beautiful motorhome that you owe 100000 still on. And you say, I, I have debt. I have great income, but I have debt. So instead, what you did is you refinanced the house, took that money, paid off your credit cards, paid off your motorhome, paid off that amazing new car that you have, and said what? I am debt-free? Are you? Or did it switch from the left pocket to the right pocket? That's what the United States government did under the three years of Bill Clinton and Newt Gingrich. I'm not saying either of them are good or bad people at this point. I'm saying that they're not telling you the full story. We balanced the budget. Not true, you guys. You took money that was designed for Social Security 
that was sitting there basically in cash or cash equivalents and replaced it. The cash was gone and given to the U.S. government. Now, that worked for a while because as people were retiring, there was enough money coming in. There was still enough interest. So we didn't have to really take any money from the debt. Until today, about every thousand, every thousand dollars in checks that you receive as a social security recipient, about 400 of that is borrowed money, meaning the government takes a credit card advance for $400 of your $1,000 check. So who bought, who, who's given them the money? Now, a, a lot of Americans are, right? You have U.S. government savings bonds and treasuries and all of those things. Right? You're, you're giving money to the U.S. government. That's one thing. Canada, huge. It's much less expensive for Canada to buy U.S. government bonds and treasuries than to pay for its defense. Right? That's what we do. Our job is to pay for their defense. Why do you think they can have free health care? Quote, free health care. Side note, what's why the government agents, if, if you will, the government uh, uh, bureaucrats of Canada come to the United States for treatment. The Mayo Clinic, right? One of the governors actually came to the Mayo Clinic instead of waiting. But that's, you know, on the side. What happened to your family's finances What would have happened if you borrowed money from the house, paid off all of your debt, didn't change your behavior, didn't take the money you were saving each and every month by not having to pay your credit card, your house pay, your your boat payment, car payment, right? You didn't take that, change your behavior, and, and accelerate the debt against your house. You charged more money. So now you still have the debt against the house and all the other debt. And that's where we are. And Brock Lurie was talking about this as a very uh, astute point. Probably for time they couldn't continue because, of course, this show is an hour. So we'll pick it up, <laughs> which is this. Very simple. The logical conclusion is Social Security will not have more money coming in the front end because we have lower birth rates. Now, not today, not today, but 15, 20, 25 years from now. Right about the time that from 60 years old, you are 80 years old. You think you're going back to work at 80? And at the same time, you might say, well, Social Security, but how about the pension system? The pension system is nothing but a, quote, Ponzi scheme. Now, listen, I don't think it's a scheme. It's illegal. People aren't doing things, you know, in the dark shadows with, you know, sunglasses and and, uh, Sherlock Holmes hats. I don't see that. But what I am seeing is that they count on the money coming in the front end to pay the back end because they've squandered it. They've lost it. Harvard, you've heard the commercials Dennis and I did the other day. You've heard the commercials. Harvard, the smartest people around, lost a billion, B, billion dollars in Brazilian agriculture. And that's what they tell you about. The pension systems also count on new workers going into the system, which means what? If you think we want to be like Europe, why do you think Europe had no choice but to put in people in the front end called immigrants? And I don't care. Immigrants, my dad's an immigrant. I'm a first generation. I get it. We are happy. But don't you think for one minute that illegal immigration and illegal immigrants are the same as immigrants? Don't let the left confuse you. That's their job. You understand? They conflate the issue. 
confront them every time. I don't see Sean Hannity doing this every time. It's one of the things that bother me. I go, listen, when the guy says, when, when you say illegal immigrant criminals are doing this, and they say, well, all immigrants are not bad. Well, that's right, but what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? I didn't say anything about that. Stand up and argue correctly. If we have the right immigration, if we have the correct immigrant, in other words, when President Trump, you know, and they say, hey, he said all illegal immigrants from Mexico are rapists, murderers. No, he did not, you guys. Stand up. Don't let them say that. Challenge them. Say, go ahead and pull the YouTube video when he said that. Right? Like YouTube is his friend. They're going to show it. They're going to have it right when you start searching. And when they do, surprise, that's not what he said. Well, that's what he meant. Oh, really? So now you're uh, what? Uh, Mr. Houdini, the Magnificent? You can read minds? Challenge them, you guys. Because this is your financial future. Somebody has to protect it. And if the far left is doing this conflation of immigrants and illegal immigrants, then the truth can never be, be clear. We need proper immigration. In the Soviet Union, who fled? Professors, chemists, scientists, journalists. That's who fled. Now, who's fleeing? Those people are staying behind in Central America. Those people are staying behind in in China and Asian countries. And what do we get? We don't get the same immigration. Now, if there are qualified immigrants that want to come here, we are a country we're supposed to pick and choose. You can't go to any place else. Look at pictures of Mexico's southern border. Right? They do this. Um, they put all these Ill, uh, illegal guys from Guatemala and Central America on a train and they drive them north. Well, there's, there's gangs and drugs throughout all of Mexico. Don't live in those cities. There are other cities where there's proper growth and factories, but they don't want illegal immigrants. They don't want the drain on their system. Even though we send them hundreds of millions of dollars a year. How does he pay for the wall? Simple, guys. You just tax all of the dollars that are going out the back door. And you do it to everything. All of these agencies that send money, all of Bank of America and Wells Fargo that have accounts for illegal immigration or for folks that are sending money overseas, tax it 2%, 3%. I don't know. Done. Done. There's your wall. It's paid for. You want to make money here, not pay taxes, and ship it overseas? And but folks, it doesn't just go to Mexico or, or Guatemala. or It doesn't. It goes to China. It goes to the Philippines. It goes to Lebanon, my dad's home country. And if we're, we're truly an immigration, we're worried about the southern border, and it's not just about Hispanics, then it's a proper thing. You tax all of them. You build the wall. You create work visas, right? Guest worker programs. It works in a lot of parts of the country. It puts the responsibility on the employer and the sponsor. And both of them are fined if you disappear as an illegal immigrant. Because we need them to work. We need them to put money into the Social Security system. We need them to be part of unions and other pension plans to put money into the union and the pension plan system. If not, right now you're fine. But 15 or 20 years from now, who do you think is going to be in the electrical union? We stopped teaching those guys a long time ago. Who do you think is going to work in the carpenters union? It's not a left or right thing. It's an American thing. Police unions. 
They can't fill it fast enough. If you're in law enforcement, police and fire, the pension is the same for L.A. City. If you're in law enforcement, you understand that we are going to lose 700 plus, nearly 10% of the force is gone this January. It takes six months for a background, approximately, and six months to train. That's one year. That means we're already done. The train has left the station. If you're not already in the process to become a police officer, we will be behind in the city of L.A., just under 10% of its law enforcement officers. They're gone. So we need good people, legal immigrants. When they say all immigrants, don't let them trick you. There's a lot of things that we talk about in the stock market. I worry about your money. Why do I worry about it? I'm going to tell you a story here about Lisa. I hope she's listening. Tell you a story about her in a minute and what we found out about her account. I was with her yesterday, in fact. So wait till you see. I think you'll be surprised. She was. In fact, she was shocked. Didn't believe it at first. We had to call the company uh, separately. I had to make sure what I was talking about because I'm thinking, yeah, is this real? Could this really be? Yep. There's an aphorism, right? It's a saying that says, sell in May and go away. Because May tends to be a mixed month for stocks. The market is up about 5% so far year to date, about 5%. Depends on which market, depends on which stock, of course. In a recent interview with the top stock market watcher and, and picker, he says you should expect the S&P 500, that's the top 500 companies in the U.S. economy, they control around 80% of the dollars that flow, 70 or 80% of the dollars that flow around. And he says what? Eh, expect about 6% for the year. So if you have an account or a fund that is charging you 1% or 2%, you will barely beat inflation. If the top stock market pickers are telling us that 6% is the S&P 500, why is safety important? Because we never get exactly what it is. That's the average. The average means when you take the high and the low, that's about the middle. So how do you protect you and your family? I think there's wise ways to get guaranteed income so you don't have to worry about what's going to happen with the pension or social security system in the next 10, 20 years or sooner. And I don't think you have to worry about the market. The average pension system in the United States expects 7.5% rate of return. That's what it builds its models on. So when, when the city of LA pension says, we are 90, 80% funded, whatever word they're using, it really doesn't matter. It's a made-up number. We are 80% funded, assuming the same amount of people are working, promotions are going along, pay raises are coming, and we earn a rate of return of 7.5 or 8. They used to work off of 8.2% in this fund. In other words, remember, when a pension comes to you, it's made up of your dollars, the city or county or state or agency or company's money, your employer's dollars, right? You, the employer, and interest. So there's an assumption of the interest because what's known for sure is your wages. We can, we can pretty well guess what those are going to be. What's known for sure is the percentage of your employer. The unknown 
is the pension interest. And if they are counting on a pension interest rate of seven and a half or eight or eight and a half percent, it's easy to judge. Hey, did we hit it or did we not? Last year, they didn't even come close. In fact, the average return last year in the market was pretty good. The average return for the pension was around 1%. One. How do you do that? How do you mess up so badly? I think because they are paying people to manage this stuff that some of them, of course, I don't meet everyone, right? Don't be silly. Have no clue what they're doing. Arif, prove it. Okay, simple. You could have closed your eyes and made 8%. Just put it in the S&P 500 last year. That's all you had to do. No fees or very, very little fees. Close your eyes, your billions of dollars. Put it in, go back to sleep. Wake up on December 31st. How did I do? Instead, they had these people buying, selling, trending. Let's trend this. Let's buy this. Let's time this. And they lost money. And they didn't even keep up with the market. In one of the best returns since 1999, 2017, the average pension fund didn't even hit 7%. They didn't even hit 7 and they were counting on 7.2 or 7.5 or 8. What that means, you guys, is that you have to put in more money, your employer has to put in more money, or they will pay the people that are receiving the benefits less. That's it. It's a math problem. It's a bucket of water. We take some out. We put some in. How much is left? That's it. It's not a secret. It's not this magical formula with carry the one and divide by your birth rate of simple. Why is it you think that they're making these mistakes? I think because everybody's afraid to say the king has no clothes. Do you remember that? You remember that kid's, that kid's uh, show, right? It was a, I remember seeing it as a commercial, but it was also a book because I read it to my kids when they were little. And it says, you know, the king was so powerful. Everybody was afraid of the king and all the noblemen and women, the lords and ladies. And the tailor was attempting to dress the king and somehow the king was standing there without any clothes and the tailor says, oh, you look great. He goes, I do? Oh, yes, I do. So the king walked out in a parade naked and everybody said he looked amazing. You look great. Oh, your clothes are amazing. Two very important lessons we told our children. Be very careful who you put around you. You need people to tell you the truth, even when it's not comfortable. You need people to tell you the truth. Hey, things aren't going well. Things aren't going well. I think that's an important lesson. Number two is, You better be a bit more self-aware. Look at yourself and say, you know what? I think I'm a little bit over my head. I don't think I'm, I'm fully capable of this. I understand I passed all these classes, but, you know, I got drunk on every other Friday night with my fraternity or sorority friends or, or, um, you know, I I get it. I barely, I got a C barely, but the, you know, the professor would like me and uh, poof, I got a degree in master's in business and blah, blah, blah. And that guy or gal walks in and says, look at my pedigree. Or they're part of a team. This happened recently to a friend of mine. They were part of a team to be selected 
to get a full scholarship ride to a particular university. And they asked him to complete a project. And there were four people on the project. And one person of that four-person team did most of the work. A second person, my friend's child, did the second amount of work, but not as much even close to the first guy. And the other two were just along for the ride. The university loved the project and gave all four of them free rides. Scholarships, four years, (laughs) worth hundreds of thousands. Those two, you might say, that didn't do a whole lot, that were just there for the ride, certainly did learn one lesson, keep your mouth shut and just go along for the ride when it's a good ride. But what about when the day comes and they say, it is now time for me to step out, because look at what everybody called me. Everybody else said I was amazing. And they just happen to be either at the right place, right time. They get a couple of degrees. They get a couple of C averages, whatever it takes. And poof, they have a degree and they walk into a room and say, here, can you manage $1 billion of our pension plan? Well, yes, I can. You know why? Because they all said I could. And those are the people in some cases that are managing your mutual funds. Don't talk, talk to me about it. Just look online. How many of the managed, the, the, the managers, the people that are buying, selling, buy more of this, sell less of this, how many of them actually beat the set it and forget it, go to sleep? About 10%. 90% didn't even beat that. And when you add the fees that those guys or gals charge on top of that, you guys, that's why I'm worried. Make sure your retirement account is what you think it is. If at the end you say, I'm willing to take that risk and pay the fees for it, that's fine. That's up to you. It's, you're never going to get me to tell you to buy or sell anything. That's not my job. Our job is to make a phone call, find out what the fees and the risks are, whatever it is. The, co- the person on the other phone, uh, the other end of the phone, they tell us. They tell us everything we need to know. You hear it the same as me in the same room. We fill out our forms. We use a calculator, math, and you say, how much did I put in? Well, here's Lisa's story. She put in a total of $250,000. Not bad, $250,000. The account's worth $256,000. In four years, buy, sell, three pages of different stocks, bonds, ETFs, mutual funds, whatever. Total of 12000 plus in fees. That's what they got to keep. She earned 6000 So in other words, her account grew $6,000. Their pocketbook grew twelve. Of course they're not going to be happy when you ch- say, I'm going to sell or I'm going to go somewhere else. Really? They got to sit at home anywhere. They, they were having a great Memorial Day weekend. Spending your money. Two, three, four hundred dollars a month in fees. And it goes to them, not to you. So be very careful. The person that you ask, oh, well, you know, this, I have a fee only. Well, that's great. I don't care. How much did I pay in fees and how much is my account? That's all you want to know. Everything else in between is noise. You want to get into the details? That's completely up to you. But don't let them trick you into some percentage game with 15 pages. I'll give you a good example. She, she came to the meeting yesterday with a, yeah, and I worked Saturday on a Memorial Day weekend. Yes, I did. Saw two clients. 
she uh, she showed up to the meeting with a notebook and pages. It was probably maybe six or eight inches tall of paper and pages and forms and projections and amazing things. Analysis. And she says, Arif, I don't even know what this stuff is. So I looked at it to see if there was any you know, new statements in there. That's all that matters. The rest of the analysis is up to her and, and the financial uh, guy or gal. In this case, it was a lady. And I said, I, listen, I don't know if this stuff matters or not. That's not my job. All I can tell you is, chances are you probably never read it, did you? She said, no, I, I never read it. Now, don't think that you're dumb or you're not educated or you're not smart by not reading it. Because that's not the case. They know that you're not going to understand it. They know. They don't understand it. If you go close your eyes and pick a prospectus and go to page whatever, 17, and you go down halfway down the page and there's a paragraph, a new paragraph, and you ask your financial professional, explain this to me so that I can understand it. Because that's when you know they really understand it, when they can speak back to you in English, not in legalese or financialese. You know, I would bet the old dollars for donuts, I would bet they're not going to understand it. Not because I think they're bad, but it's not their job. All right, when we come back, I'm going to give you a list of fees, things to watch out for. And what about North Korea? How will that affect your retirement account? You might be surprised. On your place for news, talk, and information, you're listening to me, Eric Hallaby, on the Total Financial Hour. Give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-99-RETIRE. I'm Arif Halaby on the Total Financial Hour on AM870 The Answer. Stay with us. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. All right, we're back. Welcome to the show, the Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Halloween. Thanks for staying with us as we continue with this hour of the program. Okay, what are some of the fees that are charged in your account? Well, I want to get to that in just a second. Because you call it fee, and they call it an expense. You call it a fee, and they call it a cost. They call it internal expenses, and you might call it a cost. So let's get all of us on the same language here. We'll get to that in just a second. Okay, so what do you think is going to happen with the North Korean deal? Uh, Look, there's no question that, in my opinion, both North Korea and China want to do a deal with the United States. The Chinese economy is huge, no question about it. But it still has a weaker navy than we do, and that is how their goods and services are being transferred around the world is through their navy. That's why they are building that island to ensure shipping lanes to the rest of Asia, including down through the Panama Canal. Uh, Listen, when Jimmy Carter gave the Panama Canal back to the Panamanians, right? Remember Noriega, the same guy we had to throw out just a few years later? We were so kind to give him back the Panama. Oh, well, that was part of the deal. No, there was a lot of uh, wiggle room in that deal, folks. But he thought he was being Mr. Amazing Guy. And then the Panamanians come on and they get a deal they couldn't refuse. So who do they sell the Panama Canal to? China. Do you know that? Now, they say, oh, well, it's not really China. It's a company that is owned by uh, Chinese nationals. Uh, Just pay attention to the communist system. 
The only way China allows people to open up a business, especially overseas, especially one of military and economic strategic importance, is simple. The only way they do that is if they are your partner. The Chinese government, uh, listen, I don't think they're all bad people, right? You know Chinese folks. I, like, I know them. They're not, it's not the people. The government system is set up simply to do one thing and one thing only. And it is set up to expand the empire. Because secretly and quietly what the Chinese government did, they went to West Africa. And it was this little dumpy little country Right, right off the, uh, the west coast of Africa. I say dumpy. It had no, no uh, internal resources. It had nothing. It just had one thing called a deep water port. And the Chinese military had surveyed all up and down Africa. Because at the same time, what else did they have? Very simply, folks. They had men and women on the ground internally And they were buying up land, just like Disney did, under different names all across Africa, to various places inside of Africa where there are natural resources. To keep it simple, copper, aluminum, tin, gold, diamonds, other amazingly rare resources. And they did this. And along the way, they bought up land. So what did they buy up the land for? To build a railway. So they built a deep water port. They have an amazingly military encampment. For all intents and purposes, it's Chinese soldiers without the uniform. It's Chinese intel officials without the uniform. And they're sitting in, and they now control, and now they operate the largest deep water port In Africa. And in doing so, what did they do? Very simple, folks. They built a train tracks uh, all across the inside. They had imported labor. So they went to all these African countries. They said, hey, listen, uh, Mr. Junta, we're going to give you lots of money. And we're going to employ your workers, your countrymen and women. So don't worry, we're here for you. And they said, oh, that's a good deal. We'll take it. And by doing so, what did China end up doing? Well, simple enough. Their deep water port never did really employ that many local folks. But what it did do is it brought in labor from all internal China. They sent real dollars back, kept the men and women from revolting because they're happy getting money, put these folks to work, unconscionable hours, And they built a deep water port. And then, which is also uh, very interesting, all across, when they bought up the Panama Canal, what did they do? They now control every shipping dollar that comes through there. Now, you might say they didn't really buy the port. Uh, Yeah, they just bought the company, bought control, bought a, I don't know, 100-year lease, whatever the lease is called. For all intents and purposes, The Panamanians took their money, and now this port is there. And now they're bringing through. So how does that matter to you? Because the United States says, we will help facilitate this and not hinder this. But you better help us back over here with North Korea. So as goods and services are being shipped around, what will happen 
to the value of those goods and services. Well, they're going to be less and they're going to cost us less. So that's nice. But you understand if the United States and China doesn't uh, come to an agreement because North Korea is that little brother that's a pain in the butt. But he has some value. Right? He distracts the other guys. He keeps them busy. Meanwhile, we get to go build. Right? How do you think they pushed around President Obama? <laughs> president, no other president would have allowed them to build that island with military and now nuclear missile capable bombers have landed there this week. No, nobody else, no other U.S. president would have ever allowed that. Not even Carter. But President Obama did. When you feel guilty about your success... That's what you do when you feel guilty that you think that we are a bully. When you dislike the United States because you feel like we are pushing the bad guys around, then that's, that's what you do. You give it up. So I think this greatest, latest change is the president of the United States says, uh, it doesn't matter. I'm not willing to accept this. And we're going to be pushing back. So you could take it or leave it, but we're going to be pushing back. China has an international port acquisition They're on the spending spree through Europe, Africa. And they are now pushing greater than ever to buy up the world's ports because China knows that that is the only way it's going to get its goods and services out until oil goes down to $5 a barrel, right? So they can fly it in, but that's not going to happen. So they need the seas. So I think that's going to impact you one way or the other. So here's what my plan is, folks. It's for you to understand that this volatility, this changes. Who cares whatever is going to happen one way or the other? It's not something you can control, but you can react. A lot of people think that we're going to have some challenges. 2019, 2020. In fact, just today, there's a report out that says, expect to have somewhere in the neighborhood of one to six years of stagflation, right? It's basically where prices raise for goods and services, but you're not seeing a lot of movement in the economy. You're going to see a big challenge where, where prices start to go up and people could be even losing their jobs. The S&P 500 over a one to six year period of time averages 14% growth during a stagflation period of time. You have high unemployment. If we can't get enough employees to work for these companies, then the companies will go out of business or reduce their growth. Simple, right? When that starts to happen, gold has gone up 85% during that same period of time. The S&P 500, 14, gold 85. So you have people running around saying, buy gold. I don't know if that's an answer. I don't know. It's not my job to figure that out for you. My job is to take some or part of your money and move it to safety. 888-999-RETIRE. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. That's our phone number. Uh, sometimes people say, oh, there's an extra number or letter in there. There is. That's it. Just don't dial the last one. Retire. It's the French spelling. I just made that up. I don't know anything about French. All right. Take a look at this. Here's some of the fees. Ready? Expense ratios. Before you invest, take the time to understand all of the investment fees associated with your investment. Any investment advisor worth working with 
should be willing to. In fact, today they are obligated to show you and explain to you in plain English the various types of investment fees you will pay. If you don't work with an advisor, you're still going to pay fees. It doesn't matter if you work with an 800 number. It doesn't matter if you work online. There are hidden fees throughout. You're going to have to dig through that prospectus and the financial institution's websites to try to figure it out. But here's some of the things that I want you to do. Number one, ask about expense ratios. Now, it could cost you money to put together your own mutual fund. That's what this is, basically. To pay these costs, you're going to have to pay somewhere oh, between 0.91%. I've seen some as high as 1.5, 1.6. That means that when you start adding all this together, this is one of the fees. Write that down in the corner. Ask, what is my expense ratio? What are my internal expenses? That's number one. Number two. Investment management fees. Now, you think that one is the other. And here's what I find a lot. People say, my broker says I pay one and a quarter percent. It used to be one. Then it was one and a quarter. Today, I'm seeing 1.5, 1.7. That's kind of the norm. We had one this last week that was 1.3. Okay. It's certainly not one anymore. But investment management or advisory fees. That's what the broker gets paid and or his or her firm. Okay, that's fine. But sometimes you pay both, the mutual fund fees and the investment management advisory fees. In fact, most often, you pay at least both. Many advisors or brokerage firms charge fees much higher than 1%. As I mentioned, 1.75 is the highest that I have seen for smaller accounts. And it's almost like they try to push you to go away. They don't want you to stay. Or they just, you're cash cow for them. Some will even charge transaction fees, $9.95 a trade. Sometimes they don't charge advisory fees, but they do charge transaction fees. $4.95 a trade, $7.95 a trade. Eric, the only thing I pay if I call somebody on the phone is $33.95 a trade. Okay, that's a fee. What are you buying? Exchange-traded funds. Find out what the internal fees are there. Maybe, maybe not. Some fees are what's called front and loaded. What does that mean? It's often five, five and a quarter, five and three quarters percent. So over 5% in fees. And the way it works is they kind of hide it. I think it's a little bit of a trick and whether it's meant to be or not, I don't know, but it works like this. You buy something at $10 a share. The next day it's worth $9 and 50 cents. If you try to sell it. Now, when you look online, you're still going to see the retail price. Oh, you bought it, it says $10. If I sold them all, it's $10 a share. But try to sell it the next day. You have to sell it back at the wholesale price, which means it's lower. The difference between the two is what the broker and the company, the Wall Street company, puts in their pocket. Okay, so is it worth it? You have to look and see. I don't know the answer. And then some will charge a back-end fee. That means it's called a B share, right? The first one is an A. This is B as in boy. Here's what they do. They charge a back-end fee. So, for example, if you sell it one year later, then it's a, if you sell it the first year, it's a 5%, then 4, 3, 2, 1, something like that, right? But here's a challenge with this. They also have an annual fee. So the annual fee is, let's say, 1%. So you're paying 1%, and then if you don't get out, no problem. If you, as long as you keep it five years and five minutes, that's it. 
there's no fee. But otherwise, you're paying an annual fee of 1% no matter what anyway. I don't want to lose you. Stay with me because this is important. Often, your accounts will shift from one to the other. And what we have found is financial guys will do this. Like they are required, if they put all of your accounts with mutual fund X, they are required to put it all with the same company or give an explanation because sometimes you get discounts when you hit certain breakpoints. So if you put in $280,000, the broker gets paid a lot less than if you put in the same account 90000 because it reduces. So what the broker does is they put 90000 here, 80000 there, 90000 here. And when you sit with them, they'll say, oh, you're diversified. You go, oh, I own X and Y mutual fund and Z mutual fund and W mutual. Oh, that's great. Not knowing, they don't know what the left hand knows. And they're supposed to be monitored by their supervisor. But I see it regularly that that doesn't happen. In other words, these folks should have been paying less in fees, which meant the broker got less. But by spreading it out, you don't hit the breakpoints. So that's important to know. Okay, annual account fees. So they'll have an annual fee, $25 a year, $90, $45. We see this a lot in variable annuities. They think they're doing you a favor. They're charging you $400 a month, and they say, but we're going to waive the $50 a year fee because you're such a great customer. They never tell you about the $400 a month. And you say, oh, well, well, gee whiz, thank you so much. That and a Christmas card and some cookies? I love it. So don't fall for that, that extra little game of dollars that get dropped in there. Annual custodian fee. I see this a lot. Okay, that's a way to get a little bit of extra few dollars. All right, I'll, I want to fill you in on a, on a scam that is, uh, I, I'm hearing a little bit more about. Now, first of all, you may have heard me talk about the Woodbridge account deal that was going on. Uh, the SEC and Woodbridge just came to an agreement, $1.2 billion fine. They agreed to it. It's a settlement, if you will. I don't know where they're going to get the money from. Maybe they have it sitting in a bank account somewhere. That would be great if you're an investor. The Securities Exchange Commission hasn't halted the criminal side, but they had said that they'd come to an agreement, $1.2 billion. It's, I don't know if it's worth the paper it's on. You'll have to see. We'll have to see. I don't know. Because the $1.2 billion is what they admitted owing to begin with. So it's not a $1.2 billion. Yeah, that's what the investors have. It's $1.2. What's the, what's the secret? So who cares if it's $100 billion? Can they pay? That's what you want to find out. I don't know the answer to that. Stay tuned. Keep, keep watching. Check with your lawyers. Check with your financial advisors. They're sweating right now because a lot of them offer these products um, and, and we're led down the road. I don't know if the financial guy or gal is good or not, but I would say if this is the advice they gave you without so much as consulting a calculator, because it's not difficult to do the math and realize that this is a very difficult financial scheme to pull off, the Woodbridge thing I'm talking about. If they just saw the dollar signs that they were being paid, I, I don't know if the rest of their advice or dis- choices or decisions are worth it for you. You've got to decide that. But this other scam that I'm talking about, I'm going to give you uh, some recent information I found, is where you, 
you'll listen to the guy or gal on the radio. You'll, you'll listen to them talk, and you'll say, this is a pretty good person. I like him. You go meet with them, and then they have a lady do this one-stop fill-out form and come to find out it's going under her name because he's been suspended. Or it's going under her name because he's not allowed to write for those companies because those companies fired him for forging names. Yeah. He's still out there talking and he acts like he's holier than thou. It's like the, it's like Harvey Weinstein. Have you not heard him? Oh, it's bad to hurt women. It's bad. Me too. Yes. And then this son of a gun is indicted this week for, for rape and robbery. And you hear financial people stay away from those people. And then son of a gun, he's been busted for forging. It's all public information. It's not me busted for forging, forging, not once, not a mistake, not a oops. I thought, no, no, no. Countless, countless investigations. And every single one of those investigations turned out that, yes, he forged people's names, forged the dates, forged the documents so that he could make a few extra dollars. Really? Really? Is that why you were retired? Because you got in trouble for five years? You weren't allowed to sell to seniors? You had a restricted license. So what do you do? You come back, you team up with a younger agent. Maybe she or does or doesn't know everything. And she sits down and they meet you at a Coco's or a whatever restaurant, Denny's. I don't know. Doesn't have a real office. There's one thing to meet at a restaurant for convenience, right? It's closer to your home or well, I get it. I've done that. We all, all, everybody's done that. I don't care what you're selling or offering or dealing. But when he says his name can't go on it, I heard this recently, you guys. No, no, no. It's not going to go under my name. It's going to go under my associate. I'm training her, whatever, whatever. Excuse. You guys be very careful. Just go to the Department of Insurance website. The financial products we talk about give guaranteed income. The only way you can get guarantees is to work with a bank or an insurance company. That's it. Mutual funds, stocks, bonds, Merrill Lynch, Dean Witter, uh, Remember those days, Morgan Stanley, Charles Schwab, they don't have guarantees when they buy stocks, bonds, mutual funds. They just don't. They're not bad or good companies. That's just the product they offer. It doesn't exist. So if you want guarantees, you have to work with an insurance company. Insurance companies offer products just like banks do. Banks, they call them checking, saving CDs. They have FDIC insurance in case they go out of business. On the insurance company side, they have fixed Fixed indexed annuities, that's their financial products. They have reserve accounts in case they have problems financially. They both are highly regulated. They both have ratings. Okay, decide which one you want to work with. I'm okay with that. But what I don't want you to do is to think that you can't double-check this person out. Go to the Department of Insurance website. Put their name in. Click on Enforcement Action. You know how difficult it is to get fired or suspended from a government bureaucracy when there's, I don't know, 10, eight, 10 investigators and 100,000 agents or whatever? I don't know the numbers, but it's something like that kind of ratio. It's, it's like very difficult. You have to be doing something pretty wrong. So be very careful, guys, because I saw this recently. And a lady got taken for, for some money. I thought, son of a gun, you know, these son of a guns are out there. Make sure you're careful, okay? 
It's your family's money. All right, as we finish up this hour of the program, let me give you an update on the FBI and the DOJ, right? Both of them are not happy with the president. <gasps> Surprise. They both agreed, if you will, to declare war on the president of the United States, even though he controls, if you will, the executive branch. They work for him, but it's an internal insurgency. I can't under- uh, uh, imagine how anybody doesn't see it. Whether it's right or wrong or justified or not, I, okay, we'll talk about that another time. I don't think it is. But what I do think is that many managers themselves are worried, right? You hear something, this is happening down, a a rumor, this is happening, and the market starts to drop. This is happening, the market goes up. So we are in unprecedented territory. When the Democrat Party is willing to support MS-13, I was a Los Angeles police officer in 1990, we dealt with these people. They were bad people back then. In 1990, 1991, I can tell you, I personally arrested. They were bad guys back then. I won't tell you the stories because this is a family radio station. But when they are willing to side with a gang of murderous and hateful and really bad guys, evil When they're willing to side instead of stand with righteousness, I don't know what they will do to the U.S. economy. I don't know how much of the U.S. economy they're willing to throw under the bus because they do not want the president to win at the midterms, and they certainly never want him to win at re-election. So they are willing to burn down the country, in my opinion, just to get results, to win. They've lost their frame of values, if they had any ever. Be very careful, guys. We're here to help. We have strategic, reasonable, guaranteed sources of income. You'll never be a millionaire by starting to invest with me. If you put your money with us, we won't make you rich. We're going to keep you from being broke. That's what we do. We keep you from losing your money. We get reasonable gains, and we have safety and security as a priority. That's our objective. If I can help you, it's 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847, 888-99-RETIRE. Thanks for listening. I'm Eric Halaby. Love to hear from you. This week, that number goes directly to my office, and we get back to all of you as soon as we can. Thanks for joining us on AM870, The Answer, your place for news, talk, and information. Total Financial Hour. Take care. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.